Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have joined a series that I've been doing on Maranatha YouTube teaching channel titled The Bible. We have joined the series at the beginning of another season, which we have titled The Story of the Whole Bible. Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 to 15. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the earth, which thou weakened the nations? For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sights of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the most high, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the side of the pit. Let's read Ezekiel chapter 28 from verse 12. Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus. Yes, that is the primary subject. And say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, thou select up the, the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. And we begin to see that, yes, even though he's talking about this, you know, gentle king, some of the character here obviously cannot be applied to a human king. Verse 13, thou hast been in the Eden of Thou hast been in the Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the saddles, the topaz, and the diamond, and the beryl, and the oins, and the jasper, and the sapphire, and the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tibrets and thy pipes were prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. And I want you to notice that phrase. It's going to be repeated again in this portion. In the day that thou was created. This was definitely talking about another character, another personality that is different from the king of Tyre but that is, or Tyros, but that is connected to the king of Tyros. And this is very, very important. Okay, the king of Tyros was like a picture, just like this. the serpent is a picture of the Satan. The king of Tyros was a, a king in history. He was a king with a certain character that demanded this type of prophecy. But we begin to see that it was mirroring somebody else. It was mirroring Satan, somebody that is spiritual, somebody that is higher above the level that this human king was. But the Bible says that this being that we are talking about was created. Verse 14, thou art the anointed cherub that covereth and have and I have said this so. Thou was upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou was perfect in thy way from the day again that thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. By the multitude, multitude of thy merchandise they have filled the midst of this with violence and thou hast sinned. Therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God and I will destroy thee, O covering Sherub, from the midst of the stone of fire. Thy heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. It is very, very clear that these two scriptures have double application. Yes, application to those gentle kings, but definitely an application to a spiritual being that we now know was called various names and that we are calling Satan. So, But there is another understanding that will help us to see how Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28 has application to Satan, and that is where we stopped the last time. Babylon and Tyros are type of godless human government, and their king are a type of wicked leadership. That was the reason why Isaiah and Ezekiel were bringing out this prophecy, because they were wicked, and obviously because of their you know, activity against the people of God. They were wicked. So we have wicked leadership that are government of wicked nation. But there is an understanding you need to understand when we read quite a number of these things in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, this wicked 
world leaders are connected and energized by their national gods and deities. And this is very, very important. That when you read about the Pharaoh of this world, and when you read the story of the Philistines and the Goliath of this world, you will see that the king, the wicked, the gentle king themselves, they have this close connection with a national god. There is a god, there is a deity behind the king. In fact, in some cases, both of them are so much you know, related that the kings have literally taken on the identity of the gods, which is why the pharaohs are considered to be gods. And when you and you need to understand that when Moses went back to Egypt to ask Pharaoh to allow the children of Israel to go, this was not just about Moses and Pharaoh. This was about the God of Israel and the gods of Pharaoh. The same thing with Goliath. When David went against Goliath, yes, at one level, at the seeing and feeling and hearing level, it was about David and Goliath. But no, there is a higher realm. It was about the God of Israel and the God of Philistine. It was about the God that David served and the God that Goliath represents. And we need to understand that now in our own Western world, we don't see that connection. And this is why when you understand that, it would then not be surprising that we can see what was being written in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 40. 28, we will then not be surprised that this actually have a secondary application to the devil. Now, let's confirm this a little bit further. Let us read Daniel chapter 10. You know the story of Daniel chapter 10. So Daniel was in exile and he was praying concerning his people. And then the angel came. It is what the angel told him that is very, very important. Let's look at Daniel chapter 10. We are only going to read two verses. We'll read verse 13 and we'll read verse 20 now. The, the angel broke through. It was what the angel told Daniel that is important. But the prince of the king of Persia withstood me one and twenty-eight days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Verse 20. Then he said, Knowest thou wherefore I come unto thee, and now I will return to fight the prince of Persia, and when I am gone, for lo, the prince of Grisha shall come. I want you to notice a very subtle thing happening here in verse 14. The angel here was sent on an errand and the angel was stopped. Obviously, the angel was not stopped by the king of Persia. No, the angel was stopped by a spiritual being. But that spiritual being has the same identity with the physical king. That spiritual being was called the prince of Persia. He said the prince of the kingdom of Persia. There was a spiritual being that was actually influencing the physical king of Persia. And it was that spiritual being that was withstanding this angel. And it and it, it, it was so that the, the fight was so intense that it actually delayed this angel from breaking through with the message that God sent to Daniel until Michael came and fought those angels. And then this angel in verse 20 then say, I am going back to fight the prince. No, he's not going back to fight the prince 
the, 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 the physical kingdoms is going back to fight this spiritual entity that is called a prince of Persia. And he said, when I'm gone, we are going to overcome this prince of Persia, this spiritual entity. We're going to overcome him, but another prince is going to take his place and he's going to be the prince of Grisha. And he said, and the prince of Grisha shall come. And if you know history, you know, after the kingdom of Persia, the kingdom the empire that came after that was Greece. And that was what this angel was actually telling Daniel beforehand. But what I want you to see here is that connection, that close connection. So it is Satan that is the forces of evil and wickedness behind every wicked world leaders. There's that connection. And that is exactly what we see that when, when, Isaiah was writing in Isaiah and Ezekiel was writing. That is what we see. Okay, yes, it was the king of Babylon. Yes, it was the king of Tyros. But behind them, there's an identity. And God was using the mouth of Isaiah, yes, to speak to the physical kings, gentle king, but also to speak about the despotic, despotic, you know, uh, demonic uh, entity behind them who is Satan himself because he is ultimately force of evil and wickedness behind every single one of these. And that has application to us today because there are some things that are happening to our leaders today that actually baffles us, that, you know, that we cannot explain. How could these people not know any better? How could they take this type of decision? How could they go with that type of ideology? Essentially, there are a lot of our leaders today that they are basically against God. They are wicked, evil people. Yes, they have three-piece suits. Yes, they speak Queen English. Yes, they've attended the best of university and schools, but they are led by, you know, you know, ideologies. They are led by, by philosophy that are against God, that are antichrist philosophy. They are government, are governments that is against God. They are propounding ideology. They are pushing ideology and policy that is against God. They want to remove God from everything. They are antichrist. When you look at what they are pushing concerning laws, marriage, gender, education, religion, their ideology, you will see that they are against God, just like Satan. And I will, I will ascend beyond. We will be God. We will decide our own destiny. We don't want God. We don't want religion. They call it, you know, just, just get God out of the picture. They, they challenge even the very existence of God. And this is exactly what we are saying. But behind those things, is this force of evil. They are becoming, and you can see that they are becoming a symbol. They are becoming a mouthpiece. They are becoming a pawn <laughs> upon the, 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 this game that the devil is playing. They are pawns in the game of the devil. And this is what we see in our world today. And in the same way, the force of evil and wickedness behind the serpent. Remember what brought us here really was the story in Genesis. But we have gone to all this to tell us that this is exactly what was happening in the Garden of Eden. The force of evil and wickedness behind the serpent was Satan. Isaiah, Ezekiel spoke both to the king of Babylon and to the devil that energizes him to the king of Tyros 
and to the devil that energizes him. This prophecy, they have dual application. And it's the same thing that we will see later in the story of the fall. We'll see later in the story of the fall that when God addressed the serpent, he was addressing both the animal, the serpent, and also the Satan that energizes it. When we get there, we'll, we'll talk about that. But I've come here so that, you know, Looking through this actually help us to understand the story of what we are going to read in the fall. So Isaiah chapter 14, Ezekiel chapter 28 are appropriately related and apply to the original rebellion that was spearheaded by Satan. So that's the point here. So that then means that these two portions of the scripture help us to know who Satan is, his origin before the fall. So from Isaiah chapter 14 and Exodus chapter 28, we know that before his fall, Satan used to be the most beautiful and powerful of all angels. He was not created Satan. He was not created devil. He was not created tempter, deceiver. He was not created murderer. He was not created liar, the father of lies. He was not created any one of these things. He was created Lucifer. And that word actually means bearer of light. He was created bearer of light. Lucifer is the Latin word for bearer of life, of light. He was created son of the morning. He was created anointed cherub. All those things that we read in Ezekiel chapter 28. Before the fall, Satan was beautiful. He was powerful. He was one of the, the sheep among the angels. Before the fall, this is who Satan was. Remember, he was created. He was created as an angel. And that is very, very important because angels were created by God to have their place in the universe that God created in Genesis. Now we are going to look a little bit more now that we know that this was who the devil is. He was created as an angel. And the Bible tells us here why he fell. And that is the same character he presents to every leader. The reason that he fell was because of pride, because he was not happy to be subject to the rulership and to the, to the kingship of God. He wants to be like God. He wants to take the place of God. He wants to do his own thing. He wants to do it his own way. And that was what engineered his fall. Hallelujah. So, I want us to see, let's go back now. So before he fell, he was created and it was one of the many angels that God created. And he was one among the chief angels. Angels were created by God to have their place in the universe. Because we are now going to see the connection. We want to talk a little bit more about angels, particularly about this one angel. And then we want to see their connection with the creation in Genesis account. So I will say that again, angels were created by God and they have their place in the universe that God created in Genesis. Let's read Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, and we're going to read from verse 14. Colossians chapter 1 from verse 14. In whom, that is in Christ, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by him were all things created that are in heaven 
and that are in us, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. Two things or so, or so I want you to see in the scripture. The Bible says that it was by the Lord Jesus Christ that all things were created visible and invisible. So here, the visible, we're talking about the physical creation. But what one of the things we don't always talk about in the process of creation, obviously because they were not recorded for us, is that there were invisible things that were also created. The Bible talks here about invisible things. And remember, the angels are invisible because they don't have corporal body like we are. We cannot see them. We cannot connect with them with our physical senses. But the Bible says that, that the Lord Jesus did not just create visible things. He created invisible things. And he talked about thrones, dominion, principalities, and powers. And those are really talking about angelic beings, angelic realms. And one of the things I want you to understand is that he created them just the same way that he created the visible universe. And remember when we're talking about the devil in Ezekiel, we said he, the day that he was created. The other thing I want us to see here is how, and this happened not just here, how the creation of this invisible realm, this throne, this dominion, this principality, how the creation of the angelic world was actually connected to the creation of the visible world. Now, we are not often told in what way they are connected, but one of the things that is clear in the scripture is that the creation of the invisible world is connected to the creation of of the visible world, okay? We, we're going to come back to this because this is very, very important, but I want to take a closer look. Um, okay, okay, maybe I should stop here because I'm looking at my time. <laughs> I'm looking at my time because what I want to do now is to take a look, a closer look at angels in the Bible and as it relates to our, our teaching. You know, I, I don't want to do an exhaustive teaching. I'm not doing an exhaustive teaching on angel, but because we are talking about, so we are talking about, yes, we, we are talking about the fall, but in the fall, there was another character that was introduced, the serpent, but we realized that the serpent was just a front for the devil, for Satan, but we know that Satan was created an angel. Now we know that the creation of angel was really connected as it were to the creation, isn't it, of the physical world. So we want to just wait a little bit and look, take a closer look at angels in the Bible, obviously with an eye on the devil, as it were, because he was created an angel and he was created a beautiful, powerful angels in the beginning. And something happened to this being. And then we'll rendezvous back to some of that question. What happened to him? Now we know his origin. Now we know that he fell and we know that it was pride that made him fall. But how? Why? And we're going to look into that. So, so I think I'm going to stop there. We are going to stop at this. And when we come back by the grace of God, we'll pick this up here to take a close look at angels in the Bible and then move on in our study about Satan. What happened to him? How did he fall? And then see how that apply to what we are looking at in the story of the fall. And if you are listening to me, yes, the fall did happen and it affected everything. It polluted everything. And now the world that God created has gone and we are now living under the wrath of God, not under the blessing. We are living under the rubble. God loves us and he has made a way of escape in his son, Christ Jesus. And for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. You and I can be saved tonight. 
All you have to do is to just know that you need help. Come to Jesus. There's no other name that is given among men whereby we might be saved. Just bow down your head and ask him to save you. No matter what you've done, even if you think that you are the worst of all sinners, he will save you. He will forgive you. As long as you are honest, he will save you. Just ask him to come in and help you. He will come. Ask him to save you. He will save you. And then he will begin to work with you the rest of your life, making changes, growing in grace, growing in fellowship with him. And when this is all over, you will spend eternity with him in the new heaven and the new heart. And if you make that decision today, you then need to find a living church to join where, as a child, you can grow in your knowledge. Of course, do it today. We sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on YouTube Maranatha Teaching Channel. They will bless you. Thank you.